Hello friends, and welcome to Our Power is Within podcast. I'm your host, Chasmith, and my mission for this podcast is to inspire you to take your power back and to realize that you are the healer that you have been looking for all along. If you are enjoying the content from this podcast and the guests that I've had on the show, there are a few ways that you can continue to help support future episodes. First, click the subscribe button so that you have every new episode waiting for you in your podcast library and you do not miss a good one. Secondly, take a moment um, to leave a five-star rating and a quick review on Apple Podcast. And another thing you could do is share your favorite episode with a friend or on your social media and tag me at Our Power Is Within. And of course, lastly, there is at the bottom of the show notes a direct link to a tip jar where you can support monetarily if you feel called to do so. Uh, No matter which approach you take, I do appreciate all the support because it helps me to spread this message of empowerment and healing uh, wide and far. So thank you so much for continuing to support in the way that you do. All right, with all that said, let's get into the good stuff. Did you write yourself that love letter? If not, it's not too late. It really isn't too late. So I say, let's do it. You are absolutely really 100% worth it. Let's do it. And when you're done, send a shout out to me and let me know that you finished it and tell me what that experience was like for you. Um, I am working on mine tonight. So by the time this podcast is live, it should be good to go. So I will tell you and admit to you that yes, even though I created this challenge, I still experienced all the resistance and the procrastination that many of you might relate to. Yeah, I'm talking to you or am I talking to you? (laughs) But like I've said over and over again, I'm worth it. You're worth it. So let's write these love letters, huh? Spread a little bit more love into the world. So, <laughs> anyhow, today's challenge is actually coming straight from our guest today, Laura Lai Lu. Guys, oh man, Laura Lai is amazing. And she's going to drop this tip at the very end of our chat. And she explains it way better than I will. So, I'm going to let you stick around until the end of the discussion to catch the full explanation of Laura Lai's um, tip which is about going into the third person for a situation that you are personally going through in your life so that you can have a different perspective and just kind of look at it through a new lens. Um, But with that said, Lorelai Liu is our guest. She is such a lovely woman. I know I say this all the time, but I am so lucky to get to do this. And I will say it 1,000 more times. Uh, Chatting with people like her makes my heart sing. And it's just a gift. Um, Lorelai has this calming and regulating presence about her that I think you're going to feel too when you when we get into this interview part. And she has a beautiful outlook on life. And um, as you will hear shortly, her outlook wasn't always this way. This beautiful outlook is all a part of the gifts that we experience when we go through this journey, which is definitely 1000% not always easy. But damn, is it worth it? Is it not? Do you feel me? <laughs> uh, so, Lorelai can be found on YouTube where she has a ton of incredible, fun, and resourceful videos where she shares tips and tricks and what's worked for her along the way. And there's even laughter yoga. So I really recommend that you look her up on YouTube and enjoy her content. And with that said, enjoy today's episode. All right, Lorelai, thank you so much for being on the podcast today with me and everyone listening. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yay! I know we connected um, quite a while back and we're finally actually getting to connect at this level and have you share your story and the, you know, the wisdom that you've gained along the way. So this is exciting. I'm excited to share it. I think, I, I know that in the brain retraining community, specifically DNRS, um, you're a, a pretty famous woman. You're pretty wide, <laughs> wide known. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and I know that I have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that aren't necessarily familiar or not actively engaged in the DNRS community. So I would love to start with you sharing a little bit about your story. Maybe you could briefly chat about what, um, what symptoms you've recovered from and what tools really supported you along the way. And you could also mention if there's anything else that you are still recovering from. Okay. So, um, my symptoms started way back uh, in 2005, and I became bedridden, actually, in uh, 2016, and I had to um, give up my career. I was in bed most of the time, 23 hours a day. I had lots of unpleasant sensations, discomfort, dizziness unsteadiness, brain fog, and extreme fatigue. And uh, my rewiring journey started probably about six years ago. I started off with uh, meditations and the um, Oprah Winfrey sort of Deepak Chopra meditations were really helpful. And then I switched into brain retraining sort of February, uh, five years ago now. Uh, with I actually started with the Gupta program and I found that super helpful. And then it sort of, my, my focus shifted so that I started doing DNRS, which is a dynamic neural retraining system, which is another brain retraining program. And then I actually, for the end of my journey, I actually switched back to the Gupta program. And I'm still, I still do a mix of everything, but from, you know, sort of very, very limited with what I could do, I'm leading a wonderfully full life now and I'm retraining to return to work I'm taking care of my family I'm taking care of myself so it's been a very very interesting journey I'm very very grateful for it and uh, yeah and I I think um, it's been sort of a I almost think of it as a song and as as part of my journey is like I've been learning different parts of a song as I carry on I'm going to be um, celebrating my five-year brain rewiring journey next month. Um, I started in February 2016, no, February 2017, that's right. And I think, and as, as part of my song, I've been learning different lessons and using different tools. And it's really interesting to me because I'm a big fan of yours. I've listened to well over, I haven't listened to every one of your podcasts, but I've listened to I would say at least half, if not two thirds. And it's interesting to me that how people on this journey, we all sing variations of the same song and we can learn from each other. And um, yeah, so I'm really happy to share my experience because I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to learn from others and, and I'm really happy to share what, I, what has been helpful for me so that people can you know, see if it fits for them. Um, so I think the, you know, I, I'm, I've, I don't know if you've watched any of my laughter yoga videos, but every time I learn a lesson, I, I make it into a superhero. <laughs> so um, I think the first part of my song that I was learning was about self-care and self-love and self-compassion. And those were things I, I didn't, I didn't really understand. I had no idea what a boundary was. And so I've, I'm, a, I'm a big reader. I love reading. And my son was very ill. And we had, you know, lots of times, you know, in the hospital, um, managing his medical issues, uh, surgeries, uh, you know, you name it, we've been through it. And um, I was really, I think my system was so stuck in, you know, fight, flight, fear, worry. Um, you know, I didn't know if my son was actually going to make it to his 18th birthday. And I'm so grateful he just made, he just had his 18th birthday. And I think that stress, it, you know, I was constantly putting others' needs before mine and I sort of my self-care was at, on the bottom. And so the first part of my journey was that self-care, self-love, self-compassion component. And so I, 
And then as my journey has changed through the years, I've added different superheroes. I've added, and actually right now um, I'm in a emotion journey and learning about emotions and because I've always been sort of a stuffer of emotions. I, I, I've, in the past, I've been suppressing emotions and I actually was it free or symptom free for probably nine months, I would say. And then I had some symptoms return um, that related to my knee. And it's been interesting because I didn't, I've learned a whole nother level of how to process emotions and how to um, give myself compassion. And so many lessons, like you, like, I think I've listened to a podcast where somebody um, of yours, where somebody said, oh, I'm, I'm a lifelong retrainer. And I, that completely resonates with me. Like I am on this journey. I'm constantly learning new things. And um, yeah, it's been uh, less than the last five months of an increased level of self-compassion and allowing myself to express grief and uh, anyway it's been uh, so I do have some symptoms right now they're new symptoms I've never had them before Um, and I think the biggest lessons for me is um, I love to talk to so so jazz you just (laughs) just cut me off if if I start talking uh, too much or you want me to veer in a different position in a different um you know different manner but um I always, so I have a great counselor. So I, I use counseling. I still use DNRS. I use the Gupta program. I use meditation. Um, and she caught me on uh, something that I didn't realize I was doing. I was parceling out my empathy and compassion because I thought, oh, okay, it's my knee. I've had numerous knee reconstruction surgeries. I've had cartilage tears, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I have this sort of inflammatory swelling and pain in my knee right now, which is very limiting, but I wasn't letting myself have compassion for myself because I thought, well, you know, I, I, I'm not bedridden. I'm not in the third world, you know, looking for food. I'm, it's a knee problem. But my counselor said to me, Lorelai, you know, there is enough compassion and empathy for everyone. You don't have to sell yourself short. And I went, oh, you know, it's because there's that judgment there of mm-hmm. what what deserves compassion and what doesn't. And I think that that has been a big piece of of letting that judgment go and saying there is enough compassion and empathy in the world for everyone in every situation. I love that statement. And it is so true because as much as like you just that it, it really becomes like this comparison game otherwise for you to diminish what you're going through because somebody else has it worse, which is no, really no better than the opposite, you know, comparing yourself to be better than or something or worse than. It's yes. All one in the same. Yes. And yes, it's-, it's all basically devaluing you yourself. At the exactly. End. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's totally a natural process that you could experience like a relief from sensations and symptoms and have something else show up because it means you're living because <laughs> yes. we're emotional beings and spiritual beings and we're having this human experience and like life is happening and sometimes things come up and I think it's evidence that we're actually like living and when we can reframe how we respond to these new sensations or symptoms, in my experience, that's made a massive shift in, in the experience of them and how long they linger or what have you. Because yeah, they're, they're opportunities for us to like, rather than get afraid or beat ourselves up or like diminish ourselves or diminish it because it isn't as bad as something else. It's like, how can we actually still show up in love and how can we look at this with curiosity and, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's the, you're right. It's a whole shift of mindset of, you know, that, that, you know, we, I had this sort of, I don't know, rosy colored idea of what 
full recovery was, you know, because, you know, when, you know, when you're in that retraining world, you think, oh, recovery is going to be this, this, and this. And then you realize, no, it's, it's actually living life. It's having the full human experience and embracing the mess, like, because it's not going to be perfect, but it sure is beautiful. Yes. Yes, exactly. And it doesn't matter how much you rewire and how many hours and how committed you are and how perfect you get your practice. Like, yes, if you are living life, there's a full human experience, like you just said, and it comes with all the mess and all the good and the beautiful and everything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's exactly. how we respond to it rather than react to it and what we can learn and how we can grow through it. Yes. But yeah, I think it's good that you point that out because I think a lot of us go through that at first. Like when we first get started, we have this magical idea of what it's going to be and we have this perfect picture painted and it's like, and, and it can be to our detriment because then when we're not living out that picture, we think that we did something wrong. And I, you know, for me, in my opinion, I think part of the issue with this is that there are unfortunately a lot of people out there that are painting this picture that are saying they're perfect and they have no problems anymore. They never feel any sensations at all. And that's just not accurate. And I don't know, you know, we all have our own reason for showing up in a certain way and what we're, and, and maybe we think that that will help inspire other people. But at the, but what I think is it can be hindering because it creates this false expectation and this idea idealized version of what we want to aspire to become. And, and when we fall short of that, we feel like we're literally falling short. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I, I, I am one of those people who thought that that was what I was shooting for, mm -hmm. but then you get there and you realize, no, you can have that awareness, that perception anytime like you I could have had this perception that life is happening for me not to me mm -hmm. and and um that you know I can be in any situation and still have peace calm and that resonance with my higher self with my you know with with my soul my spirit to say this is I am a spiritual being having a human experience and you know this this issue right now is happening for me so that I can grow and evolve and 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 so yeah it's it's uh that 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 was uh that was something that that I I had to learn yeah many of us do yeah but that's part of it right if it's all happening for us it's there for us to learn mm -hmm. yeah um okay so I have a question I'm curious I really love to learn um when we are showing up for ourselves and we're beginning to kind of discern what, what feels right for us, what do we need? You have a, a lot of tools here. You said, I use the Gupta program. I use DNRS. I use meditation. So when do you know what you want to utilize? Like, how do you discern what you need in each moment? Hmm. I think it's, it was a lot of trial and error. Cause I, you know, in the earlier stages of my retraining journey, you know, I, I knew that after, you know, DNRS rounds or after meditation or after, you know, a Gupta retraining steps, I, I would have this feeling of calm and peace and joy sometimes, but sometimes it was acceptance. And I, I love that feeling. And so I try and notice if I've sort of off balance and so I, every, every morning I actually, when I wake up, I turn my alarm off and I actually start my day with a meditation. I, and I, Oprah Winfrey, Deepak Chopra meditations, they really seem to work for me. And so um, I usually start the day off with that. So my first, and then I usually finish my day with a meditation it's and it's usually a Gupta program meditation or a meaning of life app his free meaning of life app meditation so I I think it's just that I know that if I've centered myself at the beginning of the day and I've centered myself at the end of the day and sort of ended it with it with gratitude I know that for me that's a good check and balance I would say mm -hmm. and then I think I I still do two DNRS rounds or I do uh, two Gupta retraining steps. It's just because I know that I, and they're, they're kind of modified. They were not true rounds anymore. They're basically time where I spend half an hour 
reciting all my new core beliefs and how I want to show up in the world. And again, I find that extremely centering for me that, okay, I'm so grateful, you know, for life and life. And, you know, my, one of my favorite Albert Einstein quotes is, you know, there's only two ways to live life. One is that nothing's a miracle. And two is that everything's a miracle. And if I go through the, if I recite that to myself out loud, then I've just reminded myself of, okay, this is how I want to live today. Today is a gift. Today is a celebration. And I want to live this way. And, you know, I, I do get triggered. I mean, I'm human. We all get triggered. And I think I just sort of go back to my core beliefs and I go, okay. And well, actually, if I've get triggered in, and, I'm, and the emotions start going, then I go back to, I, I think I've said in my videos, you know, there's, there's two main categories with which the limbic system, the fearsome system gets triggered. Either one, you have, you know, you're doubting your personal physical safety. Like, do you have food? Do you have water? Do you have a house? Do you have money? Do you, you know, do you have shelter, etc.? You know, body scanning, am, am I, you know, checking the environment, um, that kind of thing. And then the other sec, the other category is the, you know, the social exclusion danger where, whether, you know, you are being seen as a worthy member of your tribe. And what I mean by that is that, you know, from our limbic system is, you know, a primitive part of our brain. It, it's been, you know, had that, you know, many years of evolution of trying to enhance our survival. So we have this built-in negative evolutionary bias to A, always scan for physical safety issues, and two, is to scan for social safety issues because the survival of a group is much more successful than a survival of an individual. So we have a built-in bias of checking and rechecking, am I worthy? Am I being seen as a worthwhile member of the tribe? And so that you get your negative dialogue, you get your, you know, you get all that um, self-assessment of worthiness and am I enough? And so if I get triggered in a situation, because, you know, we're, we're out living life and we, we're going to get triggered, I, I sort of go back to, okay, which category is it? Okay, it's the worthiness, which for me is because um, I'm essentially, you know, symptom free except for my knee. I, I, I it's usually the that category because I'm trying to retrain into uh, work situations and getting to know different people who are, you know, very different from me. And it sort of goes back to okay, then I figure out my emotions, because that's the journey that I'm on right now is actually labeling my emotions, identifying them and trying to release them and process them in a more healthy manner. And so then if, if I can figure out what emotions I've got and, and why they're there, then I can usually calm them down with my new core beliefs. I recite them or I can go into, um, uh, I just sort of, I think I know myself now that I've, you know, I'm coming on five years now, so I can figure out, okay, I think I need to do this. But I think it was a lot of trial and error. Okay. I really like this, how you broke this down into two categories, because that is, it makes so much sense. It made it so easier for me. Sense. Yeah, yeah. It seems really like it seems like such a simple, but like really awesome tool to use to really check in with yourself and understand where the, the source of this trigger is coming from. I love it. Yeah. And I, I can't take credit for it. It was my, my counselor who's written books. Um, she, it was her theory and she is um, completely on board with, with the brain retraining um, guidelines and the programs. So it's been very helpful working with her. Um, so, so it was her her analogy that, uh, that, um, the, the two categories. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. And so we know that, um, 
having done brain retraining, we know that generally we're taught initially in brain retraining to distract essentially, you know, when we go into a round, we're kind of taught to almost distract and not, and at first we're kind of, and, and I, and I get the reason in the science why, but at first we're kind of taught to not really entertain, um, certain depleting or heavy emotions. We're kind of taught to like, try to like distract out of it and smile and laugh a lot and learn how to like, kind of create that internal happiness. Um, but as most of us go through this journey, we get to, we, I hear it all the time. I've experienced it. We do get to a point where now it's like, okay, we're going to start to check in with our emotions and allow the full spectrum of them to be present and experience them, express them, release them. Um, what's that journey been like for you transitioning from, uh, doing like a strict brain retraining where you didn't really, uh, focus on the emotional aspect as deeply as maybe you might now with this trigger work? Yes. Um, I think I, I completely agree because, um, you know, I think the, the distraction mode in the beginning is for us because, you know, our limbic systems are super overactive and, you know, where we have to get our bodies into a state of healing, rest, digest. And so we actually have to make sure that we're not looping and ruminating over fears and triggers, et cetera, and scanning and doing, you know, what the DNRS program says is, you know, the uh, 27 pathways of the past or, you know, which other programs also cause call thinking traps. I like that word, thinking traps, where you're ruminating and overexciting your limbic system further by dwelling on this. So the distraction piece, I completely agree that in the beginning, that's what we have to do to kind of get our bodies into a healing state where we're, we start losing some of the uncomfortable sensations and, and, and symptoms. But now as we realize, okay, I am, you know, we completely trust that we are safe, we are powerful, we are resilient, and that we're re-entering you know, full stream, full mainstream life of, of all the emotions. And um, I think for, for me, it's been really identifying, you know, what, because I was a really good stuffer of emotions. I was like super good at it, super, super good suppressor. Um, and so I think it actually was just like learning that, okay, there's, like six categories of emotions and I've got them in a little acronym for it to have is for me to, to realize, okay, there's joy, anger, grief, shame, sadness, and fear. And if you look, just look up on you know, Google, you know, categories of emotions, there's different programs have different categories, how they, you know, label emotions. And then they'll go into each category and they say, okay, there's, different ways you can experience these emotions like joy and it can be happy you know glad um feisty (laughs) there's so many different I know adjectives and so for me it was like okay I'm going to memorize these because I like this the way that this person has done it there's six six categories that because I don't want to memorize 10 I just want to memorize six j-a-g-s-s-f and and then actually sort of even if I can label it then it actually it almost quiets your brain down because you've labeled it and then you can sort of for me it was like okay um my my and my counselors helped me with this okay now you have to notice what it feels like you know is is it a heaviness in your chest is it a heaviness in your stomach do you feel you know pain somewhere because and I there is a book Um, that I do not recommend for people who are on the rewiring journey until they are fully symptom-free. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. heard of it, Chess, but um, it's really good about how if you don't process and um, release your emotions, that your body stores them. And it's very similar to, you know, Dr. Sarno's work, um, which I know you're well aware of. Mm -hmm. But um, I think... So then it goes to, okay, actually allowing yourself to feel the emotions. And I am uh, quite a sensitive person. I, I quite, I sort of classify myself as a butterfly person in that I feel a lot 
and I feel other people's emotions. And I really enjoyed your um, happy, sensitive, you know, highly sensitive, happy, sensitive podcast. That was, that was really interesting to me. But because I'm such a feeler and I feel everything, when you actually allow yourself to feel the breadth of your emotions, it can get quite uncomfortable. And um, Brene Brown's work about um, physical pain and emotional pain, they are processed in exactly the same part of your brain. So that, you know, if you're feeling a lot of emotional pain, you need to give yourself space and compassion because that, for, for somebody like me, is as much as uh, something that would be physically painful, like if I sprained my ankle or something like that. So to, that understanding that our brain processes pain in the exact same way, whether it be physical or emotional, it, it also allowed me to realize that I needed to give myself way more space on a daily basis to actually be by myself to, you know, go, or go spend you know, an hour outside looking at trees and giving myself that space for compassion, for processing, and to also set up more boundaries to say, I, okay, this is, this is, that's enough. I need some self-care time. And so that has been, that has been an interesting part of my journey right now about, and also learning to release the emotions has been sometimes super fun <laughs> because I, I've, I've been such, sort of most of my professional career, I've been in my head so much, you know, with, um, but I've been writing. I love dancing my emotions out. I, if I'm experiencing a lot of grief, I can blare my music on and I can dance my grief out and I've been loving art. I haven't really tapped into that part of myself, but, you know, to, to draw something out or, or paint something like paint my emotions out. It's been, it's been a really wonderful journey of self-expression and self-exploration of actually how to release emotions. So it's, and I know there's lots of different ways, you know, people can, um, you know, punch it out on a piece of clay or, you know, garden or whatever. But I think it's, it's important to, to recognize how we should notice our emotions and then explore how to release them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you say explore, because like you said, there's so many different ways that we can and we aren't going to know what's best for us if we're not willing to be our own experiment and explore and play yes. and get messy. Yes. <laughs> Maybe get a little dirty. Yes. You know? I mean, we could say, no, I don't do that and never try it but then maybe we missed out on the most wonderful opportunity of our lifetime because had we just done it we would have been like wow that was liberating you know yes yes and i've i've been experimenting with um morning pages i don't know if you've heard of morning pages yeah, mm -hmm. yeah of just you know just sitting and just writing and not judging anything and just letting it out and that's mm -hmm. been super helpful for me mm -hmm. i love it i lo i don't necessarily always do it right in the morning because I like you, like, you know, you do your meditation. I like to get up and do a couple other things and walk the dog and get that sunshine and fresh air. But I love, I love to just like free flow, right? Like that. Um, I found that when I just started doing it from the way that um, you're taught to do morning pages, it took a lot of the pressure I used to put on myself, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, off. And it was like, oh, this isn't for anybody else. This doesn't have to be about anything. I can literally just be like, I don't know what I want to write today. What do I feel like writing today? Oh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> you thought you had nothing to write about today. And it's like, bam, okay, yeah. I had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I find that um, when I give myself that space, what it does is, um, I know we, it's all there's all these different languages that we can call it. But for me, it's kind of like giving... Um, I guess like that little inner child, um, I know some people call it inner child. Some people call it like that little limbic voice. Um, everyone has their own kind of name, but I kind of feel like I'm giving like space for this voice, this monkey mind to have a place to like unleash. And mm -hmm. 
when I do that, I find that then I can be more in control of the, my thoughts throughout the day. Like, oh no, no, you had time to write about that earlier. We don't get to, we don't get to like dwell on that right now. You know, like you already got to write about that. You already got to express yourself. Yeah. I think too, it's like a nice way of like, cause when you're doing like DNRS and you're trying to, um, you know, or the groups or any program where you're trying to really control, like, create new neural pathways that are more positive, supportive. You don't want to be the person. Um, I know that I don't want to be a person anymore that vents, you know, even if I'm not doing like a strict brain retraining, I have learned so much about who I want to be. And I don't want to be the person who just vents to vent. Cause you know, most of us that go through these kinds of programs learn that it, it's not actually productive, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have things that you need to get out. And I find I'd rather put the pen to the paper than like, bring that heaviness to somebody else, if you will, especially when it's like the petty stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's times, there's certain times and places that you need to speak to somebody, maybe a counselor, a, a coach, a mentor, a, a, you know, a friend you confide in. But um, a lot of it, we don't need to bring that heaviness to somebody else. Just like most of us don't want anyone to bring it to us anymore. Yes. <laughs> yes. And absolutely. And you don't realize what, that monkey mind or inner child is actually thinking until you let it out. And it's been, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's very eye opening, but Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so healthy to get it out and go, Oh, that's how I feel about that. Or, Mm -hmm. and I, I don't, I was sort of born and and raised in a very sort of um, traditional, you know, religious family. And I, I, I never swore. And so, so sometimes it's just fun to just like let it out and go, oh my goodness, I just, this was so frustrating. And then just, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been uh, yep. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this because maybe somebody else can relate to it, but sometimes, honestly, and this all comes back to like, what are our patterns, right? Well, I have a pattern uh, in my past of, um, of like that need to control and want to plan out everything, you know, the, the, the yes. classic, like I got to have 8,000 to-do lists, literally yes. where you can spend so much time rather than being present, thinking about what still needs to be done. And that's maybe been the most profound part of morning pages for me is sometimes my rambling mm-hmm. is like, okay, and then you're going to do this and then you got to get that done, you know, but I just get it all out. And then all day long, I don't have that um, to-do list playing on a uh, repeat in my mind. Yes. Yes, yeah. that that's super interesting. <laughs> that that is super interesting. I uh-huh. I because uh, I I think for me it's just letting my emotions and 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 thoughts run wild and they can yeah. go whichever way they want. Yeah. Is it's very freeing. Yes, yes. So for anyone listening, if you haven't tried it, I I really do encourage it. I have I've had conversations about morning pages on this podcast before in earlier episodes, and I really am a huge fan. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. In any capacity, it doesn't, you know, you don't, it's, it doesn't have to be any certain way. Yeah. And I think I also, you know, I, I, I was a person who loved to do lists before as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think this, this journey has really taught me to be comfortable with uncertainty and confusion and say, okay, what's going to happen today? I have no idea, but it's going to be wonderful. And, or, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, I was such a planner. I was going to do this, 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 and this, and, and it's like, okay, what are you going to do, you know, tomorrow, Lorelai? I don't know. It's, it's going to be wonderful. I'm just going to, f- I'm literally going to feel my way through life. Mm-hmm. And that's completely new for me. I love it. Rather than it's like, oh, I'm going to get 10,000 things done today. You know, it's like, okay, well, what, what feels purposeful? What feels Yes. Exciting. What, what it's like, let's focus on one thing and that feels like purposeful and exciting, you know, and, um, did you ever do Dr. Katz, uh, primal, primal trust mentorship? I, I did not. I did her, um, three day free resilience training program. And I've okay. basically sort of latched onto anything that she has published for, um, without cost, my financial training zone is still quite limited. And so I've listened to her podcast with you and her, I think she was interviewed on a, a few different platforms. So I've sort of gobbled up anything that she's, uh, she's put out. And um, I really re- resonate with what she says and what, what she, what her program seems to be about. But uh, I, I think, um, 
yeah, I, I, I think if I felt really called to uh, do her program, I would, you know, either the money would appear, the universe would manifest it, or I would find the money somewhere. But I, I haven't felt called to do it. I mean, I, yeah. I also don't, yeah, I don't mean to sound that I'm um, directionless, I think, because I, I do have purpose as, as using your wording. I love that word. I, I do have purpose. I I follow what feels good. I follow my joy. I follow my values. And I I think I mentioned to you that I, I tried to publish a paper because uh, I've yes. <laughs> I got 34 rejections. <laughs> I was just like, yay, I got 34 rejections. And I'm so proud of myself because I put myself out there. And it's okay. 34 times. Yes. And I got, yeah, and I, I'm so proud of myself because I still feel like, you know, I, if I, if this is an Oprah Winfrey thing, it's what, what is worth doing, even if I should fail? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Like, this is worth doing, even if I should fail. And so, and, you know, sort of what is aligned with my purpose and what is my values and, you know, what fills my soul with joy? What, and, and just to go after those things. I love that. It's there's a quote too. It's like I'd rather fail, I'd rather fail at um, fail at something I love than be good at something I hate or that I'm miserable like miserable with. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember what it is it's on my website actually? I just don't remember yeah. verbatim. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I wanted to mention. It's funny that you brought up the paper because I was going to mention that. I was just going to say that's extremely admirable and amazing because (laughs) like I admire that on such a level that I can't even explain because there's so many of us like there's people out there who would have I mean I would say the vast majority of people would give up after one 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 rejection (laughs) there's a lot of people who wouldn't even put themselves out there due to the fear of rejection and you tried 34 times and I think that is absolutely beautiful because that is like how people achieve greatness the people who are like creating the best most useful functional inventions that we've ever encountered the people who have achieved such greatness it's because they weren't afraid of that failure oh thank you they failed their way all the way to the top and I think it's awesome so good job to you (laughs) thank thank you Chaz I really appreciate it yeah it's inspiring I'm like dang and I'm like afraid of like even trying and she's over there over like that takes so much boldness and courage oh well you know it's it took me a while to get there I I I don't know if you've read um Brene Brown's work on braving the wilderness and belonging to yourself I love her work I'm I'm an avid reader I'm an avid reader so I think for me it got to the point where I, I really feel like I belong to myself. I, you know, I belong to no one and to everyone. And I, but mostly I belong to myself and I don't need other people's acceptance or, you know, validation is like this, this is my song. I want to sing it. You know, I, I, this is what I see. And, you know, maybe it's to just, maybe it's just, for myself, whether, you know, I'm doing this for me, where I feel like it gives me joy, it gives me pleasure, it, it aligns with my, my purpose to sing this song. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it doesn't matter if anybody else listens to it, because it's for me, I think it, you know, it, it would be awesome. Because I think that if, you know, because I'm singing my song, I've changed my vibration, I've changed my energy field. And so I must be affecting other people even if they don't listen to my song but I think you know what if my my purpose in life is to actually just sing it to one other person and they catch that piece of the song and they feel like oh I'm supposed to now go actually do I'm actually supposed to publish that paper this this Lorelai has inspired me and it's my job to publish that paper that's fine that would be so awesome but you know, it's not, I don't see all ends and nobody, no, not one of us sees all ends, right? But it's it's sort of the taking away from, um, like, sort of really feeling your peace in the universal tapestry of, it's not about me. It's about, 
know, love and light and joy and compassion and easing suffering. Like it's, it's really like, it's just singing your true note and finding your path and filling, you know, your U-shaped hole in the universe. That's what it's all about. And, and having your, your personality aligned with your soul's purpose. Like it's just, it's exciting. And it's, it's, you know, in, in essence, it's all about you, which is great. <laughs> well, when you're all about you, you're really all about everybody. So yes, yes. Mm-hmm. This is a really beautiful outlook. And I'm curious, um, you, you uh, probably, I'm, I'm guessing you can tell me if I'm wrong, but this probably wasn't necessarily your outlook about six years ago, was it? No, <laughs> didn't think so. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> if somebody, if like somebody would have come to you and they were like a, a psychic and said, Lorelai, listen here, this is going to be your outlook in six years. You probably would have laughed at them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. what, that's what all of that time that you spent having the struggles and the physical symptoms and the pain brought you yes. to. Yes. That's, the, that's a gift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. a beautiful gift because <laughs> that's yes. a beautiful outlook. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And I do want to take it back for a minute because I did want to acknowledge something earlier. I didn't want you to think I was just not acknowledging it, but I wanted to let you finish your thoughts at the beginning. But you talked about your son, and I did want to say congratulations on him making it to his 18th birthday. That's got to be a massive celebration. And Yes. Um, did yeah that's 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 huge so i just wanted you to know that i i did hear you on that and i did want to acknowledge it thank you very much yeah it was you know it was we all are dealt different things in life and i guess you know he he was very ill when he was younger and um that you know being a parent of a special needs child it's 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 hard to keep the fear and worry and that limbic response at bay. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the, the, the love of a parent for a child is so beautiful. And I think this journey has been a gift for both of us because, and, and for, I have two children and they've seen, and, 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 you know, they, they've seen how, how to actually there's so many tools to cope with life and to actually to wake up to life, to actually wake up and say, okay, I don't have to go on automatic pilot. I, I can actually look and listen and say, this is life. This is the miracle of life. And, and how, you know, I can't always, you know, get what I want or if something's happened that I wasn't actually actually looking for you know rain showers will come but I can absolutely decide on how I deal with it how I feel how I think how I respond to it and one really blessed um, I guess package that came with my journey is that my son actually did um, rewiring with me for about a year he was 15 at the time uh, and his symptoms did ease. And I, you know, as a parent, you know, I, to actually just get a teenager to actually do, <laughs> to, to, you know, do some, uh, some rewiring rounds. That's pretty, um, you know, cause they, they'd rather be gaming, right? Yeah. <laughs> to actually, yeah. But actually to have him do that, uh, I was thought was just amazing and so wonderful and such a gift for him and for me that we actually did rounds together. Oh, I know it was beautiful. And, you know, he has that tool for life. But um, one interesting thing that I haven't shared with a lot of people is how, so I I was a physical therapist by trade and I specialized in dizziness and balance. And he has dizziness and balance um, symptoms. And so I said, okay, let's do rounds for three weeks. Um, just half an hour. You don't have to do the full hour of, and these are, you know, they can be any kind of brain retraining rounds. They, they were sort of a mix of the DNRS and the Gupta rounds. Um, and let's just, I'll take your balance before you do the rounds. And then I'll take your balance after. So we did an initial um, scores and then we did it for three weeks. And then I would do his scores after. And his his the time that he could stand on one leg increased by about 30 to 40 percent 
just with one set of rounds and after three weeks of practice. And he went, what is going on? And I said, well, that is your limbic system. That is your fear, fight, flight, jacking up your adrenaline so that you can't think straight, you can't balance. You know, you have, you know, you, I love watching cooking shows, but some of the cooking shows, you know, they're on a timed, you know, you have to cook something within half an hour and the chefs are like shaking and they can't cut properly and, you know, they can't think properly. They're making mistakes with their recipes. Like that is what your sympathetic fight, flight, system is doing to you so if you can imagine what it's doing to you doing to you all the time this is why you have dizziness and balance issues and so for him just that simple you know measure of standing on one leg before and after showed to him that oh I've been doing this for three weeks for my brain to learn how to do this and now after I do these retraining steps my balance increases by 30 to 40%. That is incredible. And so I think, um, so that's actually what my next paper is going to be about. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still, even, even though I didn't get my first paper published, I started working on my second paper about that's actually, awesome. yeah, about actually, because how do you, for a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, an hour every day, how's it going to work? Like, how do I, how do I know it's going to work? But if you can give them some kind of a, a simple measure of this is what your body is doing and this is how it responds within three, like when you, once you, and I've only been doing it for three weeks. Can you imagine what would happen if I did it for six months? And he actually did it. My son actually did the program for a year. Um, Cause he was on board. He was so on board with that revelation of how, how, the limbic system can affect our body that he signed on for a whole year. And I'm so grateful for that. But I think that some people, they need that, that almost that, I don't know, I don't want to call it proof, but I want to, that observation, that, that, that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes so much sense. I mean, as a 15 year old, had he not witnessed that, that drastic improvement in a short time, you might not have gotten him to jump on board for an entire year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But getting to experience that and see that physical, like obvious evidence is like, oh, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, didn't you also have dizziness and balance issues yourself? I did. And yes. you specialize this as a PT. Isn't that interesting? I know. Isn't and then it? your son did. It's I don't think that's a coincidence. No, I don't think it's no. a coincidence either. Not at all. But I don't believe in coincidences. Um did you, were, I, I'm curious, were you sick before you had children or what did that come later on? Um, I had a sort of a short, small sort of limbic storm, as you could, as some people call it, or sort of a, a physical sort of symptoms when I was in my early 20s. Uh -huh. um, and that, that, and that's what actually led me to getting my master's degrees because my, I had a lot of back symptoms. And so I had to take a short um, break from being a physical therapist. And so that's how I ended up with my other love, which is science. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, um, and I, it's, it's, it is actually interesting to me how the universe works because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sort of, I'm just me. Like I'm not anybody. I'm just, I'm just me. I've, I have this love of science. I have this love of, um, you know, being a healthcare provider and now, I get to combine everything and express myself. So, cause I don't think I know any other physical therapists, molecular biologists, brain retrainers out there. <laughs> so, so I guess that's what the universe wants me to express. So I yeah. guess, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So nowadays, these days, what are you doing for your, to create your joy? You said every day you're just kind of following your joy, creating your joy. That's your, you know, what your kind of purpose is. So what are you up to? Are and cause you were, you mentioned very early on that you were kind of navigating back to like kind of creating a career again and, and meeting people who weren't necessarily like you. So what are you up to these days other than writing research papers? <laughs> Um, I've been doing some volunteer work and just for, um, privacy issues. I won't, I won't name them. 
um, because I, I, I still have this, you know, I, I love to connect with people. I love to give back. Um, the majority of my time, you know, I, I still taking care of my family. I have my mother who's 82, who's beautiful and lovely, but you know, she's never been 82 before. And, um, she's going through some, uh, loss of independence, uh, some loss of friends. And my father passed away five years ago. And, uh, so I'm spending time with her and she is actually navigating emotions. Could not believe it. Cause I guess, you know, the ripple effect that we have on our circle is like, she's never mentioned emotions to me my entire life. I'm 56. <laughs> and she was actually expressing emotions cause she, um, her, one of her friends is going to a care home, um, in a different town to be closer to her children. So, it's it's wonderful to be able to be there for her and to actually help her sort of her journey and um so i'm spending a lot of time with family and friends and loving that i'm spending nature gives me so much joy i'm happiest when i'm outside um and i'm actually really happy um connecting with people i still lead laughter yoga on a volunteer basis and uh, i am writing this the research papers are taking quite a lot of time um because they you know you have to you know read the papers understand the papers and then you know i go through the references and i think i i, I really feel called to write the second paper that i'm writing it's more of a medical paper about you know how to um different measures how to incorporate mind body approaches in traditional medicine how to sort of approach rehab, even though I'm not a, a licensed physical therapist anymore, um, to how to stop the limbic loop before it happens. Like, how should we be addressing rehab, um, period, of, to actually stop the limbic loop from ever actually occurring? Mm -hmm. And all sorts of different, I've got lots of ideas, <laughs> Jess, <laughs> about, um, you know, how, what is the placebo effect? How do we what is the biology of belief? Like what, like, and there's, there's so much, many new frontiers out there that I haven't read because I've been away from, you know, the, both the molecular biology field and the physical therapy field. So I'm just kind of winging it and feeling my way and just having a lot of fun and just going after my joy and my calling. I love it. That's all fun stuff. Good job. It is. <laughs> um, you mentioned, it's it's funny, you mentioned something about how you're witnessing, like your mom kind of even expressing emotion, which is something she hasn't really done in her past. And I did want to ask you if you have, um, see, it, like I wanted to ask you about the impact that you have seen in your family in a positive way as you've been on this five-year uh, plus journey of coming back into yourself. Oh, that's been so many. Like, uh, you know, I think the biggest impact has been between me and my husband and a lot of healing there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of strain that happens when you have um, two special needs children. And um, we did, it's been so helpful for relationship repair, but also, you know, we've had so much stress in the beginning that, you know, we both coped with it in very different ways. And he sort of went into a turtle mode where, you know, into a shell where he just, uh, you know, he was inaccessible and I sort of was the main caregiver. Um, basically, you know, he would go to work and bring home the paycheck and I would do pretty well everything else, the homeschooling, the, the, the tutoring, the, you know, getting the counseling, like the, the counseling appointments, like all, you know, managing the household. And so I think there was a lot of relationship repair that, um, that needed to be done. But also, I think, for myself, the first part of my journey was not only self care, self love and self compassion, it was forgiveness, and being able to forgive myself for not, you know, because, you know, we, we, you know, the, our brains love beating ourselves up, right? Of, you know, letting, mm -hmm. you know, forgiving myself for letting myself get sick and forgiveness of him for what I thought, you know, maybe he, you know, he could only do what he could do. And I, I had to forgive him. And then I had to, you know, forgive, you know, 
doctors who made some mistakes and, you know, some surgical complications. Like there was, there's, um, and the ripple effect, I guess, has just been unbelievable. Like the, you know, cause they, your family, your friends, they see you, right. They see what you've been through. They see what you're, what you've done with it, how you cope with it, your attitudes, your beliefs. And so I, I'm, I'm so grateful that my, my life and my entire circle of family and friends as I, I, I think change for the better, not because necessarily of me, but what the universe has chosen to express through me. Mm. I love that. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, um, what is, you're going to know this question because I ask it to everybody. Um, <laughs> so hopefully you are prepared, but <laughs> if you had only one message that you could share with the world for the rest of your life, what would that message be? Yeah, I did know that question was coming. And um, so I have prepared it actually. Um, I think I love the Eckhart Tolle quote from A New Earth. Um, to, the secret of all happiness is to be one with life. But I've sort of modified it for myself. It's to be one with God, one with now, one with life, and one with yourself. And what I mean by all that now, I, you know, you could, if whatever religion, whatever spiritual faith you have, you could insert God, spirit, universe, is that we are one with the universe. We are love. We are light. And to actually just stay awake because we all fall into the trap of going into automatic pilot and falling back asleep. But to be stay awake and realize that we are one with the universe and to be one with now and one with life and one with ourselves, like to embrace mind, body, heart, and soul, and to not deny any part of you. I think that oneness is going to evolve us as individuals, but also us as a species and a culture. Absolutely. Amen, sister. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that was really well said. And yeah, that's that's a good message. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah, well, it's it's the it's the truth, and it's uh, it's amazing. Like, because I I love your podcast, and I love listening to, you know, um, wisdom traditions, and how we all we all are singing the same song. We're singing variations of the same song. We're singing harmonies of the same song and it's all it's all a beautiful coming together of the truth yes absolutely is there anything else that you are passionate about sharing that I haven't asked you and given you a chance to talk about and share with us today oh yeah actually um this there's a tip that I've been using for myself that I thought I'd share I um I've been actually going into the third person to describe a situation or um, something that's happened to actually be able to take the limbic perspective out because, you know, our fear, our primitive brain, it, it wants to be just focused on ourselves and it's got this negative self-dialogue bias in that I, and I found that it was a tool I learned a long time ago, um, but I forgot about. And it's, I was having, um, a bad week and I was having some rain showers in a number of areas and I just actually just switched it up into third person. I thought, okay, Lorelai's having a really bad week. This, 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 and this happened. And I went, and then because I had actually put it into third person, the limbic influence is completely gone. I had all these emotions and insights. Like I actually let myself grieve for myself I, I, I had so much compassion. I had so much tears come out because when I actually made it somebody else, like not myself, like this person, Lorelai, had this happened to her, it's like, oh my goodness, where did all this emotion and compassion that I was withholding for myself, like it came out because I got that limbic lens out of the way. And so that's really... Um, very useful tool I've been using lately. And I thought I'd share that. 
I love it. That's going to, I have a feeling that's going to make its way to the Chaz challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess I was, I guess if it was me, I would withhold the emotion and the compassion. But if mm-hmm. it was first, but if it was in the third person, like if this happened to Lorelai, I like, oh my gosh, that's a terrible thing that happened. And I couldn't see that when I was actually in myself. Yes, I am excited to try this. <laughs> I really am. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm sure other people will be excited as well. Um, how can people connect with you? Well, I am active on the DNRS community forum, so you, people, DNRS retrainers can message me there. And then Gupta Program retrainers or anybody else who's on a, a another rewiring journey, another retraining journey, a self-evolution journey. Uh, I do have Facebook. I don't ever post on Facebook, but you can um, access Messenger and send me uh, messages via Messenger to my Facebook account, and I will, I will answer. Okay. And then you also have a YouTube Yes, I don't allow comments on my YouTube because I feel like that's a boundary that I've set up for myself that if I if I've I've allowed comments in the past, there's too many of them and a lot of them are quite unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not allowing myself to subject myself to that anymore. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean it's mm-hmm. still a way people can learn more about you or yes. le- learn more from you and your story and all that good stuff. And yes. are you on any other social media or just the Facebook? I, I'm not actually. It's, nope. uh, it's, okay. not, not some, it's not something that it really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So DNRS form if they're in DNRS or they can message you through Facebook or uh, geek out on your YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Chaz. Uh, yeah, thank you. That was really wonderful. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about if we had all the time in the world, which we do, but not, not to sit on Zencaster. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciated you being here. I'm glad we got to connect. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, that's a wrap with Mrs. Lorelai Lou. What really stood out for you today? Did you have any light bulb moments or any perspective shifts? Do you know about a situation that you can experiment with this third person viewpoint on? Um, On a side note, I am looking for people who are still on their journey, who are still going through this process of healing, but that have insight that they have learned along the way and they feel called to share with an audience. If this might be you, send me a message and let's chat because it can be so easy for us to um, dismiss ourselves and say that we have no insight to offer and give all the credit to quote-unquote experts. But seriously, anyone who's lived a day in the life of chronic illness and chronic pain and is going through a process of healing is an expert in their own way. We all have insight, we all have value, and we all deserve to be heard. And not only that, but The world deserves to hear you, right? So I want to assure you that if you feel like you might have something to share, but you're a little bit nervous, no pressure. Just reach out to me. We'll have a chat and we'll see if we can help overcome some of those nerves, okay? And help you step into your greatness and share it with the world. All right, you guys, as usual, until next time, make this week great for you and hopefully somebody else.